0: All righty. Well, folks, thank you for being here today. Uh, it is a good day. It's a day to uh, celebrate dads, yes, but what I wanted to do is think about some of our forefathers. So I'm going to be touching. If I, I hope to get there. Time is, I didn't realize how much time is gone, so if I don't get there, we'll catch up next time. Um, but our forefathers of faith, those who've gone before us. And Father's Day is a great day to think about that. And if I were to brag for a moment, I would brag about my dad and how he laid a foundation of faith for us, where he worked the night shift at Sears doing maintenance and security. Uh, Every weeknight, he'd leave at 5 o'clock, come home at... uh, Uh, 1 a.m. or shift change, and he started at 9, came home at 5 a.m. On those 5 a.m. shifts, he would come home and go right to the couch, and he'd he'd pull out his devotional book, his Bible, and his lists, and he prayed for so many things, so many people. I remember when I was really young, uh, I would sneak upstairs, because I heard him come in, and I happened to be awake, and went up there, and I don't think he meant to be harsh, but I heard it harsh but it made me think about what he meant. Because when I wanted to go say, hey, Dad, he says, not now. He stopped me. He kind of said, not now. Go back to bed. This is, this is time I need with God. So go. And he never rejected me. But that was the only time I saw him turn me away was at that moment. That was, that was a long, long time ago. And our whole lives, he prayed for every single one of us. He prayed for people he knew, people he met, uh, any prayer list, any prayer chain, he had the list. like He was the master of lists. You know? But his, if I were to look at my dad as a man of faith, he was a man of faith. He was a man who believed in the profound truth that God is love, that God is good, and he wanted all of us to believe and that was his hope, and that we would walk with the Lord, as, as they say, walk with the Lord, you know, uh, reflecting our, our behavior, reflecting what we believe in about God. So that was, that was pretty cool. But there's some pictures in Scripture, and Paul talks about those. Uh, the author of Hebrew talks about it as well. Um, we're going to hopefully get to that one. So I want to take a look at faith. Last week we started uh, talking about what is faith, and I want to dive in a little bit. So some people say, have you got faith? You know, well... What does that mean, have you got faith? Sometimes people don't understand what faith is, and just having faith, and some people say, I have faith in faith. What does that mean? Faith in faith. You know, that you just believe something, that there's something bigger. Maybe it means you can't put a a label on what that faith is. There's, There's an internal knowing there's something more powerful out there and bigger, and in some of the AA groups, they call it a higher power. You know, what is your higher power that you, you speak to or pray to? The world does not necessarily know what that is or who that is. So when you talk about God faith, you and I all have faith. And last week we touched on that, that every single person has faith, some kind of faith in something. And what is the object of your faith? Faith and trust. When we have faith, trust happens. When we believe, we have an assurance, and we're going to talk about the word assurance in just a minute. But faith, I saw some definitions online that were kind of fun. Faith is seeing light with your heart when all your eyes see is darkness. And there are people today, I know for sure, walking through darkness that still believe in who God is, that he is faithful, even though they just can't feel him, they just can't see him right now. And now's the time to screaming out for an answer. You know where is God when when all this trouble hits the fan? These these are big questions that our world is asking. These are big questions the church is asking. Confidence it's another word for faith. We have a confidence in this God who we say we believe in. And I after hearing Gordon Martin mention the churches in Iran, uh, you know what? This is kind of embarrassing for us. We've we've got. PowerPoint, projector, screen, full sound system, chairs, lighting, air conditioning. It's just so easy. Oh, if we don't feel like coming, we don't come. Whatever. Yeah, fine, I'll look it up online later. Whatever. That is such a huge contrast to churches that are happening in Iran, Pakistan. We have Grace Walk friends in Pakistan right now that are meeting as well, and they're in constant danger as well of being killed for their faith. Two major countries were just to, to profess Christ is a death sentence if they find out, or if it depends if the wrong if the wrong people hear it, you're done, and they're not going to charge you either. It's, you get away with it. It's crazy, but there they have five. You say five churches? Yeah, something. Like yeah, uh, roughly five that are sitting on the phone and listening. Would you bother? I said, no, I need a video. No, I, I, it needs to be at least 240 megabits per second before I'm going to listen to it. That 16,000 isn't enough. I, I need a higher quality sound. It's not good enough. You know, no, that, that, I, I don't do VHS anymore. It's got to be a DVD quality. No, I need a, a Blu-ray disc video of this teaching. I, no. <laughs> do, do, do you see the progression of what we're now used to, we're accustomed to? We may have forgotten simple faith simple truth and that perhaps our faith has been given to us not to keep but give away i'm going back to mexico in two weeks the same missions trip that we went on with the church the same place that jonathan went to that the girls went to and it was was phenomenal a town that has no running water in the boys washroom nothing nothing they have to scoop up water out of a hole that's outside that's dangerous for some of the kids to fall into just to flush and wash hands. There's no glass in the school windows. We're going to fix those. We're trying to raise money for that, but putting a plea out, I put a GoFundMe out, it's hardly doing a thing because it's not as exciting. It's funny, if you have a really big problem or a fantastic uh, need that you know, our, our world is soft to, they'll, oh, they'll give. But are we comfortable? Are we too comfortable? Are we comfortable with our faith? Faith should not be comfortable. Faith should be something we grow in. It's a gift that we cannot take for granted. If you have been given the message of grace and truth and believe in Jesus Christ, don't take it for granted. It's a gift to you. All of it's a gift. The definition of faith, the Greek word for faith is pistis. It means conviction, confidence, trust, belief, reliance, trustworthiness, and a firm persuasion. I grew up with simple faith. I always believed in Jesus. I didn't question that he existed. There's just this constant knowing deep in me all through growing up in school, even doing, well, not very Christian things, like... uh, uh, I did embarrassing things. I wanted people to know about Jesus, right? So I would evangelize, because the church told me I had to evangelize. So at the end of grade six, and we're going to a new school for grade eight, I, on the last day of school, I would tell kids, kids, if I don't see you next year, I've been raptured, and I'm in heaven. you know. And then there was this fence that everybody had to walk past, and I, I stole a liquid paper from the teacher's desk, and I wrote, Jesus loves you on the fence. And I did it in the bathroom stalls. Jesus loves you with this... Stolen liquid paper. Like, really? (laughs) I love Jesus. I just had a funny way of showing it. But the authentic faith was there. It really was. It was, um, I had things to learn. I had to grow up. Guess what? If I had to grow up, we all have to grow up. Do you see others not living out faith properly? That was so stupid. How can you steal and paint pictures of Jesus with the stuff you just stole? Like, well, we do that with one another. We judge each other. We see behaviors that we think are wrong, and we judge. How can you call yourself a Christian? That should not come out of your mouth. And if it enters your head, reject it and say, instead, how can I love this person back into knowing who they are in Christ? Obviously, they're living out of a false belief. They're living out exactly what they believe at the moment. Everybody does. When you walk in full confidence in Christ, the fruit will show itself. The evidence will be there. And people that are walking through really dark waters, there's a darkness and a cloud on them, and they walk as if they're having trouble because they're having trouble, meaning love them, help them, be strength to them. Faith. For in Christ, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. This is a big one. It does not say expressing itself through correct doctrine or fancy church programs or the best publishing center that you have for all your Christian resources. It says expressing itself through love. Agape is the word there. The word is others-centered. Where else did we huh, happen to see that? Where, uh, the word agape is so profound. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Faith doesn't cause something to happen to the person who believes. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. It was a finished work. We believe in something that has already happened. Let's take a look at this, this uh, expressing itself through love in Galatians 5.6. 5, Five different translations say something about this. And I think if you compare it, you might get what I'm going to try and show you. The New Living Translation says, what is important is faith expressing itself in love, N-E-S-B, but faith working through love. The Young's Literal Translation says, but faith through love working, which is more of a literal translation. The Message says, what matters is something far more interior, faith expressed in love. I love that interior part. And the mirror translation says, love sets faith in motion. There's got to be an action to your faith. Faith by itself is not an expression of true faith. It has to have an action attached to it. Remember this? <laughs> this is a powerful one. Oops, hang on. Did I forget? Oh, I did. Okay, I'll come back to that. I'll read it. I'll do it now. This is a quote from Steve McVeigh that deals with this faith topic. Faith is the work of the Spirit awakening us to the reality of what Christ has accomplished so that the objective reality of His finished work becomes our subjective experience. We don't cause Him to do something for us by our faith. He has already done all that can be done at the cross. Faith is the recognition of that reality. That's a powerful picture. Faith is responding to the truth that He's already placed in us, to the gift. Remember, all faith that you have is a gift given to you. You can't muster up faith. It's impossible. You can believe what you've been told. You can believe the conviction of your heart. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. If I could speak in any language in heaven or on earth, but didn't love Others, I would only be making meaningless noise like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I knew all the mysteries of the future and knew everything about everything, do you know people like that? (laughs) Yep, but didn't love others. What good would I be? And if I had the gift of faith so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move with out love I would be no good to anybody if I gave everything I have to the poor even sacrificed my body I could boast about it but if I didn't love others I would be of no value whatsoever this word love agape the Greeks have four different words for the word love we have one I love burgers. I love my wife. Same word, okay? But the Greeks got it right. The first one is Storge. It's a parental love. And then you have Eros. You get the word erotic. You have Phleo, as in fish, which is more of a friendship love. That was a joke. Phleo, it's a friendship love. And then the last one is Agape, which is not used a lot, but it refers to who God is, His essence. God is love. He is agape, and agape means others-centered, never self-seeking. So now as we read the rest of this, the word agape should make sense. Love, agape, is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love, agape, does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. (laughs) Hey, don't laugh. It keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. How many times have we bought into this lie that God is angry at us? He's angry at this world. Right here Agape is God. Agape is kind and patient, slow to anger, not irritable. Do you know what that means? That means you can go to your Heavenly Father on Father's Day. You can go to your Heavenly Father and talk to Him. You're not going to irritate Him as as in, oh, here He comes again. He's asked me this so many times. Peter, can you take this one? I'm I'm so tired of this guy. (laughs) It doesn't happen like that. He's not irritable. He endures through every circumstance. What you're walking through right now, God's not absent. He's right there. His love is surrounding you and holding you. It is impossible to be separated from his love. Impossible. Never loses faith. Never gives up. Doesn't demand its own way. That's interesting. But I thought God controls everything. Maybe we're puppets and, and God just you know puppeteers each person has it all figured out. We're not puppets. He's not going to force onto us stuff. He wants to woo us with his love. He's given you a heart to think with, a brain to think with, a heart to respond with, and he's filled you with his love. He has placed his light in you. You have a source from which to make good decisions, it's already there. That's powerful. Our lives are nothing less than the expression of our triune God pouring out his love through us like the water shooting out of a fire hydrant. His goal is to soak everybody with the awareness of his agape. And he intends to do that through you. His favorite instrument to use for such a task. You are walking agape. You can be the expression of God already living in you. Christ is in you, and he wants out. He wants it out in action. He wants to express himself through you. How's that happening? (laughs) In Matthew 14, the story of Peter walking on the water. Help, Lord, I'm sinking. Sorry, Peter, I cannot save you. You don't have enough faith. His hands are tied. Hey, people believe this. People believe, if you start to think through the responses that people have of who they think God is, this kind of garbage is what they believe. In this story, Peter steps out of the boat and walks toward Jesus. He keeps his eyes focused on him. As soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. Because what caught him, first thing, was fear. The storm. He saw the circumstances. And folks, sometimes our circumstances do not make sense. And I sometimes shake my head and say, God, can we please have a break? Enough conflict for now. Can we just have something smooth? Can we can we have a break from all this pressure? Anybody know about that? Yeah, I thought so. But as soon as I take my eyes off of Christ and I look at all the pressures. And I, uh, do you know what that does? It puts more pressure on my shoulders. And I begin to get weighed down. Sometimes it doesn't stay like that long. And boom, off it goes, back my eyes onto Jesus. But (laughs) I'm not that consistent necessarily. I have quiet moments and times and periods of time, sometimes days where I'm, let's say overwhelmed, and can't understand why I'm having a hard time. And it's silly stuff. All this, there's all this church stuff that we were going through. That was nasty. You know how many fears I played out in my head? I was really good at fantasizing ideas. I was a professional filmmaker of all the things that were going to happen to us. And as I made that little movie, I began to worry about all the scenarios that I had already figured out for all the places we could go to and all the money that was never going to come in. And how I was going to lose my job, lose my house, have to move, Uh, You wouldn't believe the fears that hit. And they were real. And I got a good buddy who encouraged me, say, Smack, you know, get your eyes focused on Jesus. Let's get Jesus out. Come on. You know, yeah, yeah, okay, you're right. As soon as he leaves, oh, you know, that was a good few moments. I needed it. We need to, the encouragement of one another. We need the revelation that agape lives in us and never gives up, will never leaves us, and endures through every circumstance. You need to believe your Father is good and for you. And if you believe he's got something against you, you cannot approach him with confidence. With what? Confidence. Because you have been thinking, ah, he might know about that over there that I did. He might put that against me. He says, well, you know, bad karma, good karma? Well, if you did this, you know, this has got to happen. Sorry. Your father's good. Just because you can't see through the fog, the outcome, doesn't mean he can't see it. In fact, you know what? Because we're bound by time and space, and he is not, he has already been to your future, and he waits for you there. He walks with you all the way there, and he's here now. He's part of the whole thing, the whole journey. He's not absent from you. You can trust him. Maybe your outcome that you're hoping for is nothing like the outcome he has planned. Are you okay with that? No. Most of us are not okay with that because we have everything figured out, because we're control freaks. We want to have all this planned out. And I want a cushy job. I want this. I want this planned out. I want, I want this trip. I want the this summer, this jo- the job for the future. I want it all figured out. And I want it figured out now. You're not that good. Neither am I. Living independence is not easy. Living independence is very, very hard. Especially when our culture is based on independence. We're called towards living a life of Surrender. But faith has come. His name is Jesus. Listen to this. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, ooh, right there, before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. Who's that talking about? (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. By faith. (laughs) Now that this faith has come... We are no longer under the guardian, under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Faith has come. He's come to accomplish a purpose. And he has succeeded. He has made you right. He's made you whole. He's forgiven you. He's made you clean. He doesn't want you living after the flesh, your coping mechanisms of self-need. But instead, He wants you to live the true life that is in you. To live out the experience of the oneness of Christ. But that means you need to experience it. Are you too comfortable in life? That you don't need to experience Him? Because it's all figured out. You got your calendar book for the week? You don't need God. You'll do the token five minutes on the way to work. Hey God, good morning. If even that... But he wants you to recognize his presence in you 24 hours a day, every single hour, every five minutes, every minute, every second. It's instant by instant recognition of his presence. Do you remember this stupid thing that I... I I think it's great, but some people think it's stupid. This thing called Fitbit. Do you remember this? This thing registers all of my steps and stairs for the day and tells me if I'm being lazy or not with this pretty flower that grows really big when I've done a lot of activity and really small when I've been sitting around. But because I'm in competition with a certain person in this church, I won't mention Rod at all, and I think he's creaming me right now, here's what's happening. This thing, I'm aware of its presence in my pocket. All the time. So much so that I won't take the elevator or take the garbage down here anymore. I'll take the stairs. Okay, i got to get some more steps. I'm aware of this thing. I'm aware of the presence of Fitbit. The presence of Fitbit is in my pocket, and I will rely and trust in Fitbit. Okay? Do you, you starting to see the comparison for a moment? Even more in me is Christ. And I sometimes forget about the presence of Christ in me and what that should look like. And I know I have missed opportunities galore to reach out and love people because I've been too consumed either with my Fitbit or with my little calendar of stuff I've got all planned. I sometimes feel bad. I'm working away and somebody comes to the door and I love... Dealing with people. I'll help people. But I don't get work done. Other work done. And then I'm talking to Jen, you know, and it's like, you know, she's got this list for me to do. I can't get the list done. Because people come. Sometimes I've heard pastors say, if it weren't for people, ministry would be so easy, you know. (laughs) But that's my heart. And there are times I've made sure I'm not available, and I need to do that. I have a responsibility. But are you open when God brings you somebody. Or sets somebody in your path that you didn't realize, hey, that was, God is doing something here. He's gonna use me as an object of his love to somebody. Just like earthly fathers. They take care of their families. They work, they support. They do all this stuff. But it's not for self, it's for others. It's, it's a picture of our Heavenly Father. Loving on our families. It's a beautiful picture. And not all fathers do it well. Don't let that stop you. Look at the real Father. Our Heavenly Father is the model. He's the one we can count on and model ourselves after. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings Almost the same words there. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Draw near to God. In certain camps, in certain faith groups, this has been misused. We begin with identity in Christ. We begin with the recognition of the presence of Christ in us. So to draw near to Him as if He's not near is not what this is saying. But some people can take it the wrong way, and they, they have what's called a dualism, a separation where God is distant and, and, and you're apart from Him, so you need to draw near. In fact, the Christian radio station that I've been listening to, you know, they says, take the first step to God, and He'll take ten towards you. You idiots! He made the first step to you. He's, he's got you already. What are you talking about? Make the first step to Him. He's the initiator of faith, not us. We're responders. Wake up. This is important. <laughs> when we draw near, it's about a consciousness, a recognition, being reminding, self reminding of his presence in us, and drawing our attention to the truth. It's not a dualism. He's far, we're near. Okay, It's not like that at all. It is. He is in us. Now believe it and meditate on it. That's drawing near. There is no separation. That's important. Do you believe God's word? I do. Do you understand all of it? I don't. But I'm on the journey of growing and learning. Agape lives in you let them out. And when that happens, guess what's going to happen? It's going to become contagious. And just like Gordon Martin said, five little churches in Iran listening to a little telephone being discipled. And we have so much truth here. So much good news. Why are we bottling it up and keeping it in? Hmm. Just ask God. It's not about me pounding the church saying, here, you must do more. Not at all. I'm saying, listen to the voice of Christ in you and the opportunities he gives you to share and spread the gospel. And go for it. Run with the full assurance of who lives in you.